0: Hey, firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. Well, I am on my home stretch of being on the road with the firecracker department. And, um, you know, I used to take my little Zoom recorder and jump in on a one-on-one chat with anybody in the city that I landed in. And because of COVID, I've been doing everything online. But I still did a couple on the West Coast. So you've got some amazing West Coast artists coming up in the firecracker department. Let's just say Kelly McCormick, mm-hmm, Colleen Wheeler, oh yeah. So those are coming up and you're not gonna wanna miss them. The thing that I have been ruminating on, and I have to say like both Kelly and Colleen and I spoke about these in our chats that are coming up, uh, was about art. And I don't know if you feel like this, but because I produce things, I produce things with the firecracker department, I produce my own content. There's a lot of my world that is producing. And I feel like lately I have veered away from creating. But there's so much, there's so much about like getting your creation produced and getting, you know, in the olden days before the pandemic, the olden days of getting bums and seats so that your show gets seen, or getting shares and likes online so your content gets seen and watched and I feel like I need to shine the spotlight back on my art I'm not sure entirely what that means right now but I know some of you are nodding your head and going yeah I get it I get it and I think you know we've also been doing the firecracker artists way which we do every year with Veronica Martin and that's been really great just to remind myself of you know my artist and not just my artistic producer so um, I'm excited and uh, I've got a couple of ideas and we are developing some cool content for you and I'm really excited to as I said get more artistic with the content that I'm creating that's as much as I know right now but it's a start and sort of saying it out loud makes me feel committed to it are you nodding your head do you get what I'm saying can you drop me a line and tell me you're in the same boat Department at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you or on our socials at firecracker DEPT because uh, you can't deny you can't ignore your artist because once you do you just uh, it gets too heady this is my thing it gets too heady and not enough hearty <laughs> that disconnect between heart and smarts so lately I feel like I've been too much in my head and not enough in my heart so hopefully that's coming your way all right here we go, we have a great firecracker shout out for you. I love everybody that gets mentioned on our shout outs and this is no exception. Here is our very own Alyssa Abler who you can reach out to at winter underscore thistle or at the daily fair, giving a shout out to the one and only Vicki Breyer who you can catch on Instagram at briar 2019 or on Twitter at vixter1986,
1: here it is. Hey everyone, my name's Alyssa, or Liss, and I host Brunch with the Firecracker Department on Sunday mornings over on Zoom. I also help out with the website and the graphics department. Today my shout-out's going to the incomparable Vicki Breyer, who is the head of the graphics department here. Vicki also taught me everything I needed to know about WhatsApp and about how much I don't remember to keep track of my international time zones. So thank you, Vicki, for your patience as i have woken you up accidentally with a message at two in the morning i promise that i will always send you a picture of my dog pond to make up for it at a normal time when you're actually awake you're great thanks for everything you do and that's my firecracker shout out oh fantastic if you have any
0: firecracker shout outs that you want to share on this podcast i sure would love to share them Send us a voice memo to firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Don't forget to mention who you are, what your handles are, who the firecracker you're shouting out to, and what their handles are. This is one of my favorite things in the world, to share and shout out some of the amazing firecrackers in our community. Okay, our guest on the show this week is, oh boy, here we go. Producer, performer, creator, activist, extraordinary person, Sedna Fietti. Oh my gosh, I met Sedna I don't even know how long ago, but I don't even remember a time when Sedna wasn't in my life, and I'm so grateful for it. Sedna is an absolute bona fide firecracker. They are proudly black, queer, and deeply invested in artistic work that explores the intersection between art and activism. Sedna is based in Toronto and was the co-chair of Actor Toronto's Diversity Committee and Actor Toronto Counselor. they They're currently the artist activist in residence at Nightwood Theatre in Toronto and one of the founding collective members of the Black Pledge. Sedna is the creator of Last Dance, a web series in development that is extraordinary. Oh my gosh, they're not only this powerhouse of a person, but so funny and so talented. Honestly, they just—it's. Um, <laughs> I'm lost for words. I'm such a fan of Sedna. And they are also the recipient of Inside Out's focused fund and solidarity fund. They produced the shorts Receiver, which won the best short film award at the Real Asian Film Festival; Maternal, which won best short film at the Caribbean Tales Film Festival; also Super Z, which I just adored, which they also starred in. Super Z, BTW, was also directed by fellow Firecracker and founder of BIPOC TV and film, Natalie Young Lai, and produced by our very own Firecracker Corps member and script department head, Farah Marani. Super Z has won Best New Fandom at Atlanticon and Sedna, they're just so good in it. They're so funny and, uh, yeah, you watch Super Z and you're like, more. I want more Sedna Fiatty. Natalie Young Lai, who also directed it, actually wrote this superhero with Sedna in mind. So, a real firecracker superhero, it's about a queer black superhero, played by Sedna, who swoops in to save her woman crush, played by Christina Song, from the microaggressions at the office. Sedna also was part of the cast of Tokens, a web series about an Uber for actor's service fantastic which was also by the way nominated for the best ensemble at the ACTRA Awards they're also part of our social justice department and have been so instrumental in our core team as a workshop leader and social justice advocate there is so much coming up with Sedna and Farah and the social justice team it's extraordinary I'm super proud to be part of this Sedna's combination of art and activism is easily one of the most inspiring things I've experienced, and especially in the past year, it's just incredible. I'm so grateful to have people like them on this team and in the world, in our community. You know they're just making it better. Okay, enough of me. Let's get to it. Here's my chat with producer, actor, creator, artist Sedna Fiati. I think that you're adventurous. I think you're curious. And I, I want to know where that came from. Like, what was the landscape of the Sedna Fiati's
1: childhood? What was my childhood landscape? Well, certainly, I don't know about you folks, but like, I always marvel at today's, the way that people raise their kids these days because they're actually involved <laughs> with what they're doing. You oh, know, like, like the they parents spend are time with them. Yes. The parents are actually like, yeah. spend time with their kids. Because uh-huh. I- partly just from being from a working class background partly a single mom background both of those things meant that like and I have two sisters um that I grew up with and you know and I was the youngest of three so it was pretty customary I'd say in the 80s and 90s for my mom just kind of she had to go to work and she was just like my sister Stacy's like okay you got the girls like girls figure it out wow you know like so I feel like, yeah, I grew up with a lot of kids. I feel like a lot of people to play with always. Like if not my mm-hmm. sisters, then there was always like, like, yeah, you know, a, good, a little chunk of my childhood was certainly spent in like Toronto community housing. But there was a lot of, there were a lot of kids around always uh, to play with. And then, yeah, we moved. Mm-hmm. And even then, we, wherever we moved, there was always people to play with. And by the time we kind of settled in Rexdale, when I was about nine, like there was always kids on my street to play with. And my friends even, you know, who I was school with. So there was that, I feel like I, I grew up in a space of having to, um, of having to find my own amusement. You know, it's not like we yeah. had, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, old millennial or more young gen X or I don't know, whichever, but like, yeah, we didn't have computers. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the iPads or like there's no TikTok. tock. What are you gonna do with your time? Is really up to you. And they're not parents. My mom was not around to tell me. Sometimes I would call her at work and be like, oh, "I'm bored," and she's like, "Well, find something to do." You know, she's she's a Trinidadian lady. She's like, "Well, there's lots to do around the house." You know, you know, we could clean. <laughs> you know, like I just like that's not what I. I'm oh, like, never uh, mind,
0: never mind. I'm not bored anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. It was the worst when she came home when she had her vacation because vacation to her meant time to get all the stuff done in the house that need to get done so it's like and no sleeping in it'd be like eight o'clock then it's like girl no. you girls get up get up there's stuff to do you're not sleeping. you're just like isn't this a vacation oh my god <laughs> <Right. laughs> that I knew
0: that. so it's the guilt right the guilt of sleeping in. my mom would say she'd be like you are sleeping the day away and I'm like I am a teenager this is my job right now I'm supposed to sleep the day away but exactly. I feel so guilty. Half the day is gone. Half the day is gone now. You're like, so what?
1: Like, what else is there to do? Especially as a yeah. teenager, you know what do you have
0: anything to do? I think that that probably led into the who you are. Of course, it did.
1: Like having that kind of like work ethics. Definitely, and like so, yeah. I feel like because of that, there's a lot of like you know you got to do your own thing here, you know, um, and. Mm. So I think I've, and I've always just been that person who's just really curious about life and like wanting to experience different things. Um, So yeah, another thing I think that helped a lot was that my, like I did girl guides as well. And I'm always, I'm strangely proud of that because it's one of those things I don't think people would expect from me. Did you do it too?
0: It is not, I was, I rebelled because I couldn't join girl guides and um, wear pants. They wouldn't let me wear jeans.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they changed that after and a while. So it wasn't they, for me. Yeah, I'm sure they okay, changed it fair. now.
0: But at the time I was like, You're gonna wear me make me wear a skirt. I can't run in a skirt. I can't like jump. I, I gotta wear jeans. And they're like, then you are not welcome at the girl guys.
1: I'm sure it's changed. Yes, they did. I feel like for especially for the teenagers, like the Pathfinders. So yeah, I got involved with girl guys and so that just exposed me to a lot of things. So I was like, no, nah, you know, let me yeah. try a thing. I wanna travel. I wanna do that. And no one ever said no. My mom didn't say no. She was like, Okay. She just again, it was the My mom was, you know, supportive. She just was like, what do you want to do? Okay, you want to do that? Go, go forth, go, go do it. You know, how can I support you? So safe,
0: like your childhood sounded safe enough that you could take jumps without uh, being uh, scared. Like, even though your mom wasn't around, she was working so much. It didn't seem dangerous.
1: No, it didn't. I didn't feel unsafe. No, I felt, it did. It did feel like it was a time of like, try a thing, you know, like try things, why not?
0: Yeah, that's so interesting, because I think, you know, when you're sort of left up to your own devices, and you got your sisters, so you're not completely alone, but that to some that would be fairly intimidating, and maybe like, where's my, where's my people? But it seems like you kind of grabbed your people as you went, you kind of uh, um, pieced them together
1: as you went. Is that true? Yeah, I always feel like I had people. Uh, just I guess just yeah. the convenience of you know, that childhood pact of the child around you who's close to your age as someone who you might play with. <laughs> so yeah, like there was always that. Know. there's always just like, oh, okay, well, so and so lives across the street. She's like, Do you want to be friends? I'm like, okay, like why not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what else do we have, have to do? Yeah. Right. So Yeah, I, I yeah. somebody was
0: talking about online, like the difference between adults meeting each other where they're like what are you binge watching these days? Have you seen any good sports games? That's my inversion of sports. And then kids are like, do you want to just play? Yeah. Totally. Okay. That's the end of that contract.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, let's play together. And then sometimes, you know, as you get older too, obviously by the time you get to be a teenager, it becomes pretty clear who you want to be friends with. Mm -hmm. But even in my, you know what I, I think at the high school I went to as well, like I went to a Topical School of the Arts and I, um, yeah we just mm. there the vibe there was find your people that was the vibe and that there was people for everybody mm-hmm. like it sure there maybe was a bit of a cool clique but even then it was just was like well there didn't feel like anyway in a deep way that there was as much of a hierarchy it was just like oh I found my people okay mm-hmm. let's hang out like we're gonna we're gonna be really nerdy yeah. about music theater or you know and I found like, yeah it definitely certainly was a little bit across class lines for sure. Because, like, thinking through the friends that I have in high school who are still my friends now, like, you know, we're, we're actually in our life trajectories going pretty similarly. And I can think of other people from high school who um, are different life trajectories, but also, like, not surprising. I'm like, oh, that's who you ended up being? Mm-hmm. That's not surprising at all. Like, <laughs> that's kind of who you always were
0: i know i know whenever you like talk to high school friends you're like that doesn't surprise me that you are no a cop or you are a teacher
1: right exactly exactly or that you're married with two kids
0: yeah yeah we have the things in us from the beginning which makes me think you must have had the the busy gene the curiosity gene from the beginning and who did you get that from
1: oh good question i've definitely had it from the beginning I got it from both of yeah. my parents, both of them. Um, both the yeah. artists, like both, I was thinking through my origin story and like, certainly I've both sides of my family, like both my mother's line and my father's line, there's a lot of artistic, lots of artistic leanings. You know what I mean, but toward those, but yeah, I think they were yeah. both curious and busy people um, or just really mm-hmm. in different ways, but yes, definitely. And my, fa- my father died when I was quite young. But still, you know, I feel like genetically, I feel very close to him. And I could feel like, yeah, he left a legacy um, for mm-hmm. sure. But yes, mm-hmm. definitely both sides. Like my mom is a busy, she likes being a busy lady. She likes people generally, likes doing yeah. things. She's adventurous. She'll try things. I mean, both of them, if You can think about it too, because they're, my, my mom's from Trinidad and my dad is from Ghana. So they, they met in Toronto. So even just that, like, I'm going to leave where I grew up and make a life someplace else, you know, that sort of immigrant vibe. Um, And my mom really telling me when she she was a child, she was like, I never wanted to stay here. There was a lot of problems in Trinidad that she encountered around, around shadeism really, you know? And she just was like, she didn't really feel like there was a future for her. And she's like, I always envisioned living in a place with like tall buildings. Hmm. Um, She kind of thought that was the States and then ended up in Canada (laughs) because uh, it was easier to get here. Well, Um, And was
0: that always part of your vision growing up, like getting into the arts and staying in Toronto? Like, did you have that gene of like, I gotta, I gotta get out here too. I gotta
1: explore further than Rexdale. Yes, but only because I was so interested in the arts, you know, that's what really led me out of Mm -hmm. Rexdale for sure. Like not, and Mm -hmm. not going to my local high school was just because I decided that I really wanted to be an artist. To be fair, I still, didn't have a lot of examples of what that actually looked like, but I just knew that it's what I wanted right. to do. Right. I'm sure you didn't either. Right. That's,
0: I find that so well, I mean, I had uh, I, like I had Katherine O'Hara, you know, an SCTV that I was like, oh, that's a vision of my future. But but if you don't have like the role models growing up, how do you go? Oh, that's what I want to be. Just have this image in your mind of what it is you want to <laughs>
1: I don't know. You did it though. What do you think? Or yeah. was there somebody that sort of sparked that interest in you? No, I was always interested. I would say the biggest, one of the mm. biggest influences is certainly my father because a couple of things Two, one is that he was, um, he was many things. <laughs> he started a drumming, a dancing and drum gun name group that used to like go around the city and perform. And he taught people, these dances, like other people who weren't necessarily yeah. even done in, you know, he was like, if you want to come and join, like I will teach you. Um, and, uh, so he did that. And then, yeah, my sister and I used to go along and watch. So, and I remember being like, I want, I want to do this daddy. And he was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I think he put me on stage once. Uh, I'm yeah. sure it was really cute. Cause I must've been like four, maybe three. And then even after he died, you know, before he died, there's this, Oh, that reminds me. I have to get this piano stuck at my sister's house, but anyway, there's this large upright piano that he got from some owls club or, you know, the lions club, you know, those, the, the okay, legions yes. or whatever. So they were giving yes, away yes. this old piano, even in the eighties, nobody wants uprights. And so he just was like, he, she, we should have this piano. He was wild that way. He was like, let's have this piano. My mom's like, okay. So, you know, we had this piano and she gave us piano lessons. She was like, okay, you girls go and we were like, we don't want to do this. So yeah. I didn't really want to do it that badly. So, and so she was like, look, I don't have time to make yeah. you all practice. If you don't want to do this, forget it. But she kept the piano and we moved with that piano. And then, you know, by the time I was about 11, I was like, oh, I want to play. And so my sisters had taken some lessons here and there. I opened the old uh, piano bench and they had the books inside, old books. Yeah. So I just decided to look at them like, hawk oh, cross buns, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 stuff like that and yeah. then I decided to on the on the Albion Mall in, in Rexdale they had an Ontario Conservatory yes. of Music so I was like oh I want to take piano lessons right. my mom's like okay and so they came they're like yeah she sure, sure she could take piano lessons so she was like here it's so my, my father had died at that point so something that was both a blessing and probably a bit of a mistake but mostly a blessing was that I got this orphan's benefit from the government which I didn't know that I got up until I was like 11 and she was like here you take this money and pay for your lessons. Like that was her thing. So she was like, you know, okay. she knew that's probably what my father would have wanted. I mean, and so she was supportive of it too. Yeah. So she was like, you take the money, pay for the lessons. And that's the, that's what I did. And then I was like, oh, somehow I heard about a mm-hmm. School of the Arts. I was like, oh, I want to go there. So I figured it out, you know, about how to go there and, and do the things. And that wow. too was a time in school when we were doing like music. And we always did music because it was a Catholic school. Yeah, we started bands. And so I picked up the flute. And oh my gosh after coming from the recorder so I was like learning you know learning piano so like learning how to read music and rhythm and stuff like that and then like applying that to playing the flute as well and uh yeah I just became known even you know you know how you get known in grade seven or eight for whatever good or bad yeah but I was certainly yes. known for being the like an artistic one and music person you know like right. um who's really into the arts so people yeah. no one was surprised when I like when I graduated from grade eight and then went, went to Topical School of the Arts. So, so that's how that's kind of how that came about.
0: Your pop was how old were you when your pop died? Ten? Five. I was like five. Five. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that must have been like, I mean, for somebody to leave that kind of legacy on your heart, that he really influenced your your journey, that kind of because you seem so to have such a, a, a strong vision of where you want to go. Do I? I mean, maybe now you might be like, what am I doing? But right at 11, you were like, I want to take flute. I'm going to take piano lessons. I'm going to invest my own money in that, which I think is a huge step for a kid because I don't know what the piano lessons cost, but anything over $20 was like a fortune. (laughs) So what was your, what do you feel like the legacy is that you take away with your, with your pops?
1: Definitely that. And definitely, I was in, I have to say, like, environment-wise, the school that I went to was very artistic, um, even my, mm-hmm. my elementary school, and, like, for, you know, for Catholic school, it just goes, like, kindergarten to eight, like, they don't have middle school, mm-hmm. so it was actually a very artistic environment. There's several people from that school who I noticed are artists of all kinds, which is blows my mm-hmm. mind, but I think, it yeah, it was very much encouraged at school, like, it was cool, like, it was cool to play the piano. It still kind of is, yeah. like... You can play a little song. People are like, that's a good cool. thing. You can do it's that. It's not
0: cool, cool to cool. learn. It's cool to play. It's cool Like play. nobody it's wants true. to see somebody doing like the scales and be like, oh, you're learning. How cool is that? No, 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 no. Yes. They want to see like you getting a piece together.
1: Agreed. Like I played like yeah. a whole new world, you know, and won like third Come place on. the piano competition. Yes, Come on. that's fun and cool. Like, yeah. or being able to play heart and soul or whatever. You know what the kids do. They still do oh my it. god! They're still like, like, 25 years later, they still play heart and soul anyway.
0: Agree. And I tried to convince my piano teacher. He was like, next week, I want you to compose something. And I was like, you got it. I'm not going to practice. And I find that your breath is pretty stinky. So I'm not looking forward to my lesson. And I, and I tried to convince him that I had composed heart and soul. So I was like playing and he was like, that's heart and soul. I'm like, well. I, I compose that.
1: So like, I put my own twist on it.
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Je ne sais quoi. Um, okay, so that you, you so that's where I feel like you're so you're pursuing your art, you're pursuing your music. Yes. And then was it always art slash activist, or was activist something that you
1: realized that you were later on? it was something i realized i was later on but i have to say within my school there was a spirit of activism because we were all okay. artists you know and I, I i actually think they're very much intertwined so because i of did that, too. like you don't you think yeah it's like to you yeah. know Wendy cruson you know she said that at actra I was like to be an artist yes. to be an activist and it's true because you see yeah. Art of all kinds allows you to see and imagine what the world can be and even just to really observe what the world is right now, you know, and be like, is this what we want it to be? I love that. So, and I also feel
0: like- I don't think Um, all actors are artists. That's where the disconnect. I don't think all actors are artists and I'm not judging. I just think that Mm. some people go through pursuing their art for different reasons Mm -hmm. and whether it's to- be artistic, or whether it's just, I just wanna do the thing. I just wanna play the song, do the thing. Uh, so that's when I think there's a disconnect between artists and activists. But I think you and Wendy Krusen
1: are, are right on track as far as that goes.
0: I don't oh, think yeah, you can avoid definitely.
1: it. No, you can't. You cannot. As, as, even at, over time, like even as an artist, no matter what reasons you decided to do it, it needs to become, your practice needs to become greater than you and also you'll touch people even mm-hmm. if it doesn't you'll touch people in the, what you share and so because that just changes you yes. it just does it changes your heart you know it's so
0: totally like true. i'm sure
1: I was, I was like it's
0: what you do it's what it you is. do with that the amount of like impact like if somebody is feeling impacted by your performance your your art your piece what do you do with that kind of thing do you propel it
1: forward and continue to you know tell that story exactly uh, what were you going to say no, no. I, yeah. I was thinking that too. You know, like as I was thinking too, like some, you, you will make things and people will, people will be touched by them. You know, they're going to say mm-hmm. I was having mm-hmm. a bad day and I saw what you put out in the world and it helped me. Or you, mm-hmm. you doing this, like made me see that it was possible to do that. You know? Yeah. Um, you know what? I
0: take my, fa- I take my statement back before when I say not all, actors are artists I think that they probably all are artists they don't realize that they're artists and they don't realize that they're activists because every piece like everybody like you can be moved by so much in the world
1: you can't back you can't no I think all actors are definitely artists but I hear you because it can feel like they may not know it as you said because it's like is this especially because it's such an art of interpreting something you know to interpreting a script or whatever you may be like well like how is that artistic but 100% Mm -hmm. is you know and yeah if you if if your practice can be fueled more by just ego needs right you're just like well I Mm -hmm. want to be on the things I want to be but after a while everybody I find I've been in it long enough to see that it needs it ends up being bigger than you and in fact you're going to be called on to um you're going to be called on to do things right. Yeah. People are going to say, Yes, there's a cause I want you to be part of, or I need you to champion. You're just that's just going to happen. So, yes, even if you didn't think of yourself as either an artist or an activist, it's going to really be called into question why you're doing this because after a while, it's like the ego will be fed, and so mm-hmm. there you're going to be like, Is there more than this? And it's like, So then you right. need to find the deeper meaning for what you did. But yeah, to go to your yeah. original question about activism, no, Thank I you. wasn't. I was really active. I feel like in high school, we all were, a lot of us were just like activists anyway. We were just mm-hmm. were questioning what was happening in the world. And there was really that spirit. Um, and then I found like i lost it in university. Like I went to theater mm-hmm. school and I kind of lost it. I did a BFA music theater. And it just was, it was hard, not gonna lie. You know, I can, I don't even mm-hmm. mind saying that publicly or saying that to their faces. They don't, I don't need to meet them. At the bike racks or anything, but <laughs> it was hard because, uh, like, just yeah. <laughs> being being like the on, the only black person, one of two people of color in my in my tiny theater right. school class, and then at the time, and I know they're actually addressing this, like I have to give them kudos for that, and because they're being pushed by current students to do so, but it was a very white environment, and I just really just didn't feel like. I just didn't. I feel like I stepped away from good parts of myself for a while in theater school, you know? And oh. I took steps to reconnect with it, but like it just really became about being in theater school and doing the acting and doing the singing and doing the things, you know? So where yeah. was the time? Like following other people's leads
0: exactly As opposed to what your instincts was telling you? Yeah, exactly. I
1: that. Exactly. And it wasn't like it was an environment that encouraged us to really question and think mm-hmm. about art as something greater than ourselves it was just like acquire these skills and do amazing and there's people in my school who did do that mind you and but I think they are just far more confident than I were was <laughs> to really start to question things and be like how am I going to use feminism in my work you know I certainly was thinking of those things right and then by the time I left I just was like I just want to act and I do don't think things. you're alone though I don't think you're alone with that kind of process
0: in the process of like discovering your voice really because true like you're, you're kind of getting born into this new phase of your life in theater school. And there's a lot to take in. So I don't think you're alone with without like I wasn't thinking about how to use my voice to speak about, you know, topics and issues. I didn't think about that. I just was like, how do I make this funny? (laughs) How do I you know, do, do my job with a story as mm-hmm. opposed to learning what it is to tell that story. So I yeah. don't think you're
1: alone. And the impact of our work, you know, in addition mm-hmm. to like, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate of course theater school deeply the like, the skills, like just base skills, how to, mm-hmm. <laughs> movement, voice, singing, yeah. you know, like base, mm-hmm. like how do you right. do these things? Very useful scene study, you know, all very useful things. But yeah, that next level of why you're doing this, who you're learning from, the sort of Western European um, canon and all of that stuff, like that's not, it was certainly on my mind, of course, because I just was like, always, you know, looking for work by black writers or trying to find my space myself Mm -hmm. within that. But I wasn't, admittedly, I wasn't strongly, strongly thinking about it. So yeah, I graduated. So did that come after Mm -hmm. school? Yes, definitely. Like I, what happens, I graduated, I got out in the world and it was hard. Like, it was just like, I, I did a lot of free things. I just felt like it was not, it just was like, there wasn't a lot for me as a black woman out there, you know? And so I really found a great Mm -hmm. space with Be Current and a great story with that, which I'll tell you, Um, Be Current and with the Raisin Ensemble. And we were all like women of color, mostly black who basically had this a similar trajectory who were like we want to do theater we want to do things but we don't really see ourselves reflected so we really were like finding a good Mm -hmm. family in that in ourselves and being like yeah let's do things um and Audrey, audrey zina mandela actually was a friend of my father's isn't that wild and i did not know until I was interviewing no. for something and someone else who was also a friend of my father's asked me, he was like, are you at his father? And as you can imagine, nobody asks me that. You know, he's he's been dead a long time. And I was like, yes, I am. You know, I was like, oh, did you know him? And she's was like, yes, I knew him. And then just like, Audrey was like, I knew him too. So it's like, it's a weird full circle moment that I should end up working with somebody who knew oh my him. Gosh. And remembered him, you know? And so wow. that was- weird. don't you That's love really that? Beautiful. I love when people yes. speak about- Yeah, like that you'd be
0: like, I've sort of connected with my pops again.
1: Yeah. Really, you know, it's really yeah. beautiful synchronicity there. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's exact, exactly as it should be that I should connect with people who knew him really uh, on my journey. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. finding Raisin Ensemble was like definitely. I was looking for it though. I was like, I want a space to be with with other black women, with other black people, making making theater and and arty things. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I ended up leaving for lots of reasons I won't get into. But I I left and and then I was I was really discovering being queer at that time and really just kind of getting tired of theater so I ended up and I was really curious about activism like social justice and so I ended up um there's this one friend who I was like she was like a singer I won't mention her name but anyway she was a singer and I was like singing backup for her and kind of like learning to be honest learning from her and she she started a collective called r three roots rhythms and resistance and we kind of we're just collecting more like queer artist activists over the years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. And I met my partner around that time too. And like, so yeah, I was really being like, what is the social justice thing about and like going to protests and going to workshops and learning about that. And then, yeah. And I wasn't as involved with theater. I have to say in film and television, like I was there, I was still doing it, but I wasn't as, as involved as I had been because I was a little, I was a little tired of it. So But then it came a time when the knowledge that I had as like a social justice activist was needed in the industry, you know? They were like, they welcomed the point of view. And so at that time I managed to like, even though I was kind of sort of acting here and there, like I I got into ACTRA and I saw that they had a diversity committee. And I met Jenny Lozal actually at a like activist kind of art activist event. And I thought she was so great. I was like, "Who is this woman? Yeah. She's amazing." And then I saw that yeah. she was also a part of the chair of the of the Actors Diversity Committee, and so I got involved and was just the busy bee and overcommitter that I am. And she was like, right. "She was ready to go," and so she recognized that I had that and was like, "Oh, it would be great if you were the next chair." And then she thought it would be better to have co chair, so she was like, "She recognized." you know, the same energy in far. And so she kind of matched us up to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I want these two people to be the next co-chairs of the diversity committee." And we were like, okay, let's do it. And then it really became wow. a test of, in the best of ways of like, oh, how do I take a lot of the grassroots activism things I did and apply them to um, specifically the film and television industry and, and theater as right. well. And so people started to ask me to do more things, workshops, panels, you know, and so things, things have progressed mm-hmm. from there. And then I've made a commitment to myself as well, that I didn't, especially with work as a producer that I've done, because I'm such a producer as well, like I made a commitment that like, I'm really just going to champion projects that have some greater message or meaning. Like if I'm going to bother doing the work of indie producing, which is pretty thankless, I'm like, I'm not going to do this for just anything. Like it needs to mean something. It needs to be mostly with something that's starring people of color in, in key decision-making and leading roles on if it's on screen or on stage. So, yeah, that's, us kind so of how I put sort it all together. Like,
0: I mean, was your mom ever in the world of activism?
1: No, not really.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just find it interesting because, you know, we, we kind of go along our paths and our, we have cheerleaders and we have mentors that kind of pop up in different ways. And you probably don't know that they're a mentor until you look back on your life and be like, Oh, Uh, Jenny Lazanne was a definitely somebody that came along at the right time for me to be guided to this next chapter in my life. Um, And I remember remember speaking to you about this when, um, I guess when the Black Lives Matter movement really surged when George Floyd was murdered. Um, And I remember talking to you about the balance between activism and your art. And how do you find you do that? Because I think, especially right now in 2021, it might be very easy to become a full time activist because we need you. We need your voice. We need your energy. We need your guidance. And you're super funny, really talented singer, performer, producer, creator. So, how do you balance those two things and make sure that you're feeding both of them? It's a good question. And thank you. That's so sweet. Uh... But I'm, I'm just telling you, you are. Like, I think there's such an interesting, like, it's almost like the, the signature on your email, right? You have to be very careful what the signature is that you put on there, because yep. that's the thing that people will know you for. So if you're always like, you know, Naomi Sneakers, uh, a needlepoint uh, expert, also actor, comedian, people are gonna be like, you do needlepoint? I don't, don't get your hopes up, I don't. But, uh, but how do you present yourself in a way that you
1: feel satisfied, balanced? Mm, fulfilled um I'm still working on that but you know what I would say a weird thing that has happened is that people just know me for different things so mm-hmm. there's some people who know me for and sometimes it's hard especially in theater more so because the people more most so know me as being an arts manager producer um activist you know like they sometimes even forget mm-hmm. that it's like oh I actually actually make things too, you know, Um, but yeah, I think people, you know, to be fair, even from my art three days, like that was an art activist collective. So we did art Mm -hmm. to speak to the activists. We also did like workshops and stuff like that, but we always incorporated art into it. Like That was the point. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it is real. I feel like honestly my sweet spot is when it's both like I've been involved with mm-hmm. this project this uh, called the Switch Collective. And we're working, we're like queer, QTBPOC, like artists, activists, you know? And so our art is going to be about the issues in the world
0: mm-hmm. that
1: we want to showcase and that we want to talk about, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think I just keep things going. But I never, I will never forget that I'm an artist too. So if I ever feel like, um, if I ever feel like I'm getting too down a path of arts management, mm-hmm. I'm just like, what am I doing artistically again? But to be fair, there's always something on the back burner. There's always something that's like ready to be, um, ready to be lit, ready to start, ready to, uh, you know, there's always something. So it's just like it's such a balance. I don't know that I've found it, but I and I keep trying to find it. You know, um. But I think the activism will always be there. I also think at this point I've landed in a space where my activism needs to be within the arts itself. Like, I think that's really my sweet spot because like, there could be a part of me that's like, okay, I'm going to be like a social justice activist, even independent, Yes, work work with whomsoever do workshops, facilitate, you know what I mean? Um, But I actually feel like my sweet spot is is a combination of the two. I Mm -hmm. put that in my bio too, I was just like, you know, ideally, yeah, I saw that activism structurally, yeah, you know, in form and structure, but you know, both, but that's really where it's leading to. Cause I mean, activism can be an activist lens can be applied to anything. So it's like, it's probably better for a lot of us if we probably work with the industries and the worlds that we know best and apply it to that.
0: Yeah. It's the integration, right? It's not like, not the division of things like that. Like I think, I think it must be taxing as well. Like even like the workshops that you lead. I think that if you did workshop after workshop, like three, three every day for a week, at the end of the week, you'd be like, I got to watch some really crappy reality TV show and just zone out for a bit. Or I have to get back to my art. Like how do you refill your tank after, you know,
1: putting out a lot of energy? Yeah. And even audiobooks. <laughs> those are my friends i love podcasts yes. i listen yeah. to this one i love podcasts i just love people talking about their lives whatever huge fan of like sort of people-centered podcasts um cleaning a little journaling um dreaming i'm a dreamy person kind of spacey yeah people who know that about me you know it it's such a space cadet sometimes <laughs> uh, i know but, but i think
0: like god i think that's so important like i think that's one of the reasons i think you're extraordinary is that there is a a I don't even know how to put this, but like a playfulness in your activism, which might be a, which might be a business card for you, the playful activist. And I can imagine also that it costs you to continually be the voice of activism.
1: It does a little bit, but it also energizes me. It's both. Mm -hmm. It does both because when I see the changes, Mm -hmm that's like okay it was worth it yeah. you know and i'm seeing yeah. a lot of changes right now maybe i'm just the optimist but i am an optimist otherwise i wouldn't do this um i wouldn't be yes. an honest oh my I god an activist. if you weren't that. it's like you wouldn't bother uh-uh. like, why would you bother doing this work because especially art is so much about dreaming about things that don't exist yet yes that until you Agreed. make them Agreed. get together with a group of people and make them exist um so yeah i yes. i see i'm starting to really see the changes and um that actually fuels me. I would say as well, mm-hmm. people feel me. I love, it's like, I, I love hearing from elder activists. Love that. I also love the new generation. Mm-hmm. I love them too. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, great. Like mm-hmm. hearing what happened before to like, yeah, what happened before and that they're still here and what the up and coming folks have to say, you know? So I feel, yeah. yeah. And I also make it a point Even with the workshops, which I don't, you know, I don't do a ton of them. And I'm sure you have this too. Like my intuition for people that I want to work with is really high. So it's like, in addition to like to get a little new agey metaphysical, I think I also attract Mm -hmm. people. And not even that, just even practically. I also attract people who want to work with me, who know what I'm about and are like, I'm about that, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm it's been hard in my career as an artist because I've, you know, there's been opportunities that I didn't get all, all of us. Right. We're all like, there's the, mm-hmm. there's the triumphs, but there's also the disappointments. And it's been like, but I realized with the things that I didn't get, I was like, you know, maybe the universe was saving me from, from people who were not so nice. And
0: yeah. I mean, I, could,
1: I think that's healthy. I, I think that's,
0: I think that's a healthy way to approach that. I guess for me, cause I, you know, like your title's, are like producer, creator, activist, artist, mm-hmm. musician, all those things, mm-hmm. and I think, I think it's easier to—I oh, don't even know how to say this—but it's easier to uh, produce than it is to sometimes create, because creation is like I gotta really dig deep into my heart and think about what story I want to tell and what my heart is doing and all those things. But producing, I'm like, oh, I gotta send some emails. I'm gonna make some tickets. I'm gonna put on a show. I'm not saying it's not easy. Producing is really hard. But um, how do you make sure that you're not ignoring your artist?
1: Yeah, it helps that I'm still acting even though I have questions about it all the time. I'm like, like auditions make me cranky. I'm like, right. why do I do it? Why do they just choose <laughs> me? It's like, that's ridiculous. i like, everyone has to audition.
0: <laughs> well, if you're doing auditions with that voice, I might have a couple of notes for you, but yeah. <laughs>
1: But I cr- mm-hmm. Cranky, cranky lady on the bus. Come on. It works. Oh,
0: then you're hired. Yeah. I would like to <laughs> cast you in that role.
1: <laughs> cranky lady on the bus. <laughs> yeah. I, um, it helps. Cause like you, the auditions, you're just like, okay, I'm auditioning now. I have to, you know, I haven't said no. I've certainly taken breaks and my agents mm-hmm. are like, you're taking a break again. And I'm just like, you should take this part yeah. more seriously. But um, it always helps. Them. You know, acting is always a thing. It never, it hasn't gone away for whatever reason. I, it's, yeah. it's just always there. People, not ridiculously often, but like once or twice a year, someone comes in and it's like, hey, come do a thing with me. You know, come do this thing. You'll be great mm-hmm. for this role. Like you should do this. I was like, oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. And then, yeah, but no, recently I really had to, and I have been doing that for the last few years, been like, I've been producing a lot. And as you said, it's easy in a way because it's not like, you don't have to dig as deep and you don't have to, it's not as risky. When people ask me to come produce their projects, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, the project is already done or in the process of being done. And I'm like, I'm wearing a different hat. It's still a creative hat, mind you, Mm -hmm. but it's a hat that's Mm -hmm. helping a project. It's like midwifing the project. You know, it's like the producer is certainly a midwife of a project as opposed to birthing the project. Both of them are, you know, different and needed, but like, yeah, birthing a project is different, you know, and takes a different kind of creative energy. So yeah, I'm really in the midst of being like, okay, when can I clear up my schedule? There's like, I have to like, there's my web series that I'm writing. There's like a play that I've been on the shelf for like 10 years. There's like songs half done, you know, there's all of Mm -hmm. like the creative like, like, I feel like they're the creative children that are like, Sedina, you don't care about us, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Can tenderest and voices. And you are and play with us? And you're well, I mean, like, do you get guilty know, about those you. little and voices?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the disgruntled bus lady comes totally. back. The
1: disgruntled bus lady's like, I don't have time for you. Go away. But no, not
0: at all. Does that, like, weigh on you? I sometimes get overwhelmed with the half-finished projects of mine. And those little voices going, Naomi, have you forgotten about us?
1: Totally. Yeah, I but am. But do you get weighed by those, 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 unfinished projects? Definitely. I do. And then on top of that, I don't know about you, but then yeah. I'll have new ideas too. And then the, like the new sexy ideas that are just like, oh, sure. girl, remember this idea. Hey, this is such a new, great idea. I was like, mm-hmm. and then the other, you know, things that I'm like, well, what about us? like you can't you you're gonna re- like spend all this time with a new baby and forget about the about the toddlers like right you know. so yes oh. and my mind is my partner is I'm sure tired of me because I'm always like oh my gosh I have a new idea she's like what about the other ideas that you didn't finish yet I'm like what about those yeah. like you have to like, I got a new idea, idea for
0: you which I got a new idea of like an animated series where you play all the voices of the different aspects because you've got the disgruntled like ah, get out of here idea yes, totally. and then you've got like the sexy like hey yeah. I got a hey, new no idea I have for no idea. you yeah
1: <laughs> exactly oh. yes
0: I think you've got a whole other project on I feel like
1: it reminds me of a, a sitcom that I'd forgotten existed it was like Herman's Head or something yes. do you remember yes, had, yes I know like, that the, one yeah different um people mm-hmm. who represented the different parts of his of his uh, personality oh uh, I could yeah certainly a lot of voices in my head are like you should be doing this right now, you should be doing that right now you should be doing this so it's tough but Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like I'm really moving into a space where I've accepted um a lot of the things that I have done and just being like just kind of just be more intentional about Mm -hmm. my time and about how I want to spend it and about my life I don't really feel like I've been that intentional throughout my 20s and 30s like I've Mm -hmm. just been like that's fun. Let's go do that. Like, I, as you said, like, I feel like high school, I was like, I'm going to go to Toby Coast School of the Arts. And even leaving high school, it's like, well, I'm going to university for theater. I didn't know where, but where I was going yeah. to get in. I was like, I'm going to go. Like, that is what I'm going to, I'm so determined. So singularly focused. Like I didn't even want to do anything else. I didn't apply for anything else. I was like, I'm doing theater. That's what I want to do. I want to be a performer. right? And then afterward it was like, oh, you could do that. You could do this. You could do that. So I was like, oh, Um, I'm going to try. Like, I'll try that. Oh, that's fun. And then I don't know, also something that I finally had to really clamp down on, but as a performer and not even just a performer, as an artist in this city, the amount of side hustles people can pick up. Right. And people are, I don't know, they're always like, Mm -hmm. you could do this side hustle. I'm like, no more. Like I'm done. I've had several. Hey, do you want to try to do this side hustle? I was like, I can't. I'm, I'm out. I'm out of time, I'm out of energy um, for the side hustles, you know, to support the main thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really moving. Yeah. That to- sounds like a tipping point for you though, but like, it takes you away from the year priority. It does, goals. And it's, I'm a big person who loves like, and love self-help. I love life coaching. I love all of that stuff. Yes. And I had my mom started me on that. And I feel like I grew up in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. hundred percent. So I've been about it. You know what I mean? Right. Forever. And so I'm always like, okay, what yeah. book am I reading now that will help me decide what I'm gonna do with my life? And then it's like, I'll realize, girl, you already made some plans for your life, literally on the Google drive. You, like, why don't you just look at those that you made six months ago and like not- Because I got a sexy new exist. idea. I know, I have a sexy mm-hmm. new idea. Who's like, hello, hi, you know, mm-hmm. hello Satina, how are you? Yes. Come on, you know. So yeah, yeah I it is- Yeah, I but get that though. A but I point. mean,
0: that's self-help journey. And I know, you're, I know you've spoken about this and like being in therapy and the self-help journey that you've been on. Like that so serves you. It serves you not only as an activist, but as an artist pursuing
1: what your stories, what stories you want to tell. Yes, it definitely serves me. And I think it, yeah, it keeps me going, I think, um, because I just am always reconnecting mm-hmm. with, okay, who do I want to be in the world? What am I putting out there? What should I say yes to Mm-hmm. You know? Um, all of those questions. Hey, can are I ask you a question? Is there Yeah?
0: Um, is there something you said that like you're seeing some changes in the world? Has yeah. there been anything that has kind of risen to the top that has really excited you to see?
1: Oh, there's lots. There's lots. Like what
0: just one that just sort of one that resonates for you. Cause I know mm. I, I see the changes too, and I'm on your page as far as being an optimist of that we're we're on the right path, we just have to keep going. Um, And you see it, you see it in the billboards, you see it in our magazines, you see it in our uh, social media. Mm -hmm. Has there been something in your personal world that has changed
1: that you're like, oh, right on, things are changing. In our industry, it's really nice to see bullying being called what it is and for people Mm -hmm. to really say, no, you don't need to be a bully, to be a leader, to be a director, to be a producer, that's not Mm -hmm. needed and really to really say we don't actually need to do that I would say there's so many things I would also say I did a workshop um, recently and on this set they had active listeners which is really interesting they were dealing with some very um you know some difficult subject matter so they were having active listeners on set to listen to people Mm. and this was coming from an indigenous producer she was like oh yeah we did it on the set of another another uh, project that i done and, you know, it's a pretty common practice. I was like, I never thought I would ever hear that. Like, you know, that that's, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. and should be done. Right. But yeah, um, I guess I'm a little proud of um, my uncle who's like, he just, he's, he's been in the, um, the pipe union for a long time and been involved uh, more deeply. And so he, he told me he became president of his union local which is great and he was talking to me about (laughs) diversity and inclusion and how it's important for him and for you to hear him use those words not to say that my uncle's a progressive because he actually is but it's just like okay this is reaching a lot of people and so I was just like maybe I might do a workshop for them who knows like I I might talk to them but like that we should reach people in the Pipe British Union is pretty great I was like that's awesome and that that's the kind of language that my uncle is using and like you know things have kind of shifted and we're all different and yeah. we really can't go back to the way things were. Um, I love seeing the student activists and recent grads who are really calling in, calling out the theater schools, you know, they really are just like, we're mm-hmm. not putting up with this anymore. And I'm like, I agree. The stuff was mm-hmm. getting dusty the way they were teaching people how and what mm-hmm. they were teaching people. I was like, this was, this needs a change. And I am happy to support mm-hmm. the students in in making those changes happen. And it's even talking to yeah. like, oh, there's a wonderful 19-year-old who I've made friends with. She's so smart. I just was like, is this the next generation? Okay, we're in good hands because like how can my yes. thought is just like how can I support you? You
0: know? Um all right, we have to we have to do some wrapping up things, but I want to ask you and I don't normally do this, was there have I have I covered things? This is like a <laughs> yes. really this is like a, a sudden a parade. Is there anything that maybe you're like, Ah, oh, I wish we could
1: have talked about this. No, we covered so many things, so many great things. Yeah, it wasn't the most linear, but that's okay. I'm not a linear thinking. No, I'm just, thank you for having me and for having this chat. I was oh looking forward God. to it. I'm like, this will be so fun. I'm such a fan of not only
0: you as a as an artist, but as a human being. Like I just love, you know, for folks that are listening to this, you've come on board to head up our social justice department. And yes. it's just, a beautiful thing to have, like not only your voice but your spirit connected to this journey is, is integral. And I'm, I'm just really crazy proud that uh, that you're on the team.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm feeling good about um, being a part of the firecracker department. You yeah. know,
0: I mean, you've got such a great combo. I mean, I'm gonna just sing a couple more praises of yours because I just love like when we first met and Farah Marani, the beautiful and talented incredible Far Barani um, introduced us and you just bring such a positive, joyful energy. It's the joyful activist. And
1: I think it's an amazing, amazing role that we get to uh, share you. Oh, thank you. That's so kind because, you know, I really, I deeply believe in joy. Like we're going to have the hard parts, you know, yeah. but the more we orient toward joy is the better we will be personally and collectively mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the work should be joyful as much as it can be because there's so much going on in the world that isn't and we're gonna have tough moments you know so they're neat there for me if I can bring mm-hmm. some levity like I I'm happy to do that you know the only thing I'll say is um you know just coming off of a tough weekend um one of my uncles just died which is really hard oh but yeah he was such an artist and he was such a Supporter of mine, really. Like he would come to my shows and like mm-hmm. he'd be there and like send me little messages yeah. on WhatsApp and stuff. So, yeah, I guess you know this is dedicated to him, to my uncle Gregory. You know, the family's still just dealing with it, and so am I. And um, yeah, I dedicate this to him because he he would listen if I told if I told him about it. He would definitely listen. You know, that's that's all. That's all I would add. Uh, what kind of art did he do? You know, he wasn't traditional. Traditional. He when they were in Trinidad they had a theater troupe <laughs> that I heard about. Man, I need to get the name of this theater troupe. Uh, and he didn't get to practice as much as I would have liked, but he was like, I feel like his art was also in, um, intertwined. Like he was very much involved with like a spiritual Baptist church here. And he was like preacher and pastor mm-hmm. and things like that, you know? And he um, he would go and see a lot of things. I feel like he was also a huge jokester. Like he was he had a great sense of humor a jokester and commenter, mm-hmm. um, that kind of person. Like he, he loved Calypso and so yeah. Yeah. You got some good genes. I do. I really do. I really do. If life had gone differently for him, like maybe if he was born in head or whatever, he probably would have pursued art more. Who knows who's to say, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. That trajectory of being an immigrant or a newcomer really doesn't orient people toward the arts, you know? And ends up being so much about survival. Yeah. It's real hard. So yeah, anyway, we're so privileged. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, I think that's all. Yeah. We really are. Thank to become you. an artist is a privileged thing.
0: Yeah. We are so lucky to be able to do the job we do. And I never ever take it for granted. Um, it's, it's a privilege to be able to be, have a platform that like this, that we get to talk like this and people mm-hmm. listen and it's a privilege to you know, be on stage and make people laugh, and oh my gosh, luckiest, the luckiest people. Yeah, we really are. You know. So now, I usually do two wrap-ups. I say, "Do you have any questions for me?" And we do a segment called "What About You, Sneakers?" I okay. just made up that title uh, because <laughs> I've just spent like a bunch of time asking you, and I thought, why don't we turn the table so that I'm also in a place of of being asked questions? So, do you have any questions that you'd like to ask me?
1: I have. Two rapid fire questions that are very important. Okay. Firstly, lemon Danish or chocolate chip cookie? Chocolate chip cookie. Okay. We can be friends. Um, One last fun question. Um, One's got to go. Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Mary J. Blige, Janet Jackson.
0: And one has to go. One has to go. I'm going to say Mariah Carey for no reason other than... I, I, I don't connect to her music as much. Fair,
1: fair. Yeah, Can okay. we still be friends? That's fair. Yeah, oh yeah, my, my partner chose Mara Carey. Okay. It was hard for me to choose, but I'm kind of like, yeah. I mean, she has the most number one hits out of all of them. Um, but it, yeah. It's you know?
0: I mean, yes, if you're looking at then, then I would say Mara Carey's in the lead, but I just, I don't really connect to her music. I feel she's more in the pop as opposed to the heart singing
1: agreed and you're can't. right like if you think of janet mary J, whitney like they're all trying to stand for something a little bit more maybe especially I janet
0: i mean who knew that yeah. this was going to open up a can of worms <laughs> of discussion but yes i mean janet jackson we have danced a lot together janet and i so she'll always hold a place in my heart i mean
1: she's a queen She's amazing.
0: Okay, I'm gonna do my rapid fire questions. You ready? Here we go. Okay, yes. I mean, they're not rapid fire, they're they're wrap-up. Wrap-up firecracker questions. Wrap-up, yes. Uh, Fill in the blank. To me, a firecracker
1: is? Firecracker is an optimistic person who wants to get shit done. (laughs)
0: Look in the mirror, my friend. What do you want to be best known for? Generosity. Uh, If this was a movie, if your life was a movie and the credits are about to roll, what has been the climactic turning point of your life? don't think it's happened yet i like it i like it um what's something that people don't know about you people may not know that i like to sew have you opened up the sewing machine box
1: no i bought it in november and it's still (laughs) okay i opened it but i haven't used it yet but that's because i need a table okay which is coming from canadian tire anyway but yes i have okay open. Stay tuned for pictures.
0: Yes. Yes. All right. What has been your favorite mistake
1: that you've made? In general, I had, I can't think of exactly one, but I can say failing a bunch of times and forgiving myself. That's where I'm at with mistakes and learning to forgive myself.
0: Thank you for that one. Um, what is something that you haven't done yet, but you know,
1: you have to do. I have not been to Ghana where my father is from very important. And I've only gone to Trinidad once when I was eight. So I need to go back there too. So, those are like, oh yeah, big, important things I need to do, and more than once, I'd like to go over those places yeah. more than once.
0: yeah, I love it. Um, who is a firecracker in your world that you'd
1: like to shine a little light on? Okay. well, officially, I have to shine a light on Farah who got me into this mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Hopefully scared laughs> got <you> into this <laughs> got me he's a firecracker that is. Uh, mm-hmm. and- so shining certainly firecracker but you know also shining a light on my mom she's such a firecracker she's going through it right now you know it's hard she has dementia it's difficult but Mm -hmm. she is still like we i still call her i saw her yesterday and like just laugh laughing so much laughter
0: still Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) what's her first name your mom brenda isn't that a great mom name
0: brenda Fantastic. Brenda. We I don't know her... any Brenda's. That's a fantastic
1: mom name. <laughs> Brenda, We call her B too. We'll just joke around and call her B oh. or mom, of course, but.
0: You know, you're so lucky. My mom had dementia too. And we're both lucky that um, because dementia takes away a bunch of things mm-hmm. and um, they say that the thing that is left is the essence. So your mom's essence is joyful, which is really, lucky and beautiful and some people are left with the essence of pain or sadness and Mm -hmm. um my mom was left with the essence of cheekiness so she was always like being very cheeky and coy uh but that's i'm glad that your mom's got joy
1: she does she has the sadness too you know but there's still that spirit of hers is just like so funny and especially because I didn't get to see it as much as a child because it's like you don't really interact with your kids as much that way but yeah as an adult to just see mm-hmm. how sassy and funny she is like it's just yeah we laugh mm-hmm. a lot yeah
0: oh that's so awesome um what's advice that you would give to your younger self a younger Sedna
1: you know I thought about this because I was turning 40 this year so I was like and I actually did some work for my teeth. My biggest advice to my younger self would be to go to the dentist. I know that is ridiculous, but like I no, didn't go for so long and then I've spent thousands yes. of dollars and pain to deal with issues that could have been nipped in the bud. So I wish I'd gone to the dentist. And I also said this to some other folks who are a bit younger than me. I also just like, the sooner you can learn radical acceptance is the happier you will be like just really accept yourself Mm -hmm. deeply all the things that you love Mm. and all the things that are challenging um because Uh. I found that's the key as well to me not playing the awful comparison game either comparison comparing myself to that sliding doors version of myself that I could have been or comparing myself to other people Mm -hmm. um it's just like okay this is who I am you know, I don't need to be anybody else. I don't. Where I am right now is where I'm supposed to be. And if I want to be someplace else, that's cool. I have to make different decisions then. You know, but mm-hmm. I can't. I can't blame my past me. Like, why? Don't do that. You know, it's a waste of time. That's good. That's a good one. Radical acceptance might be might be the new T-shirt. Oh, it's a cute one too. The sparkly maybe. Like yeah. it's like a little iridescent. Right? Radical. Oh my acceptance. gosh. Yes. Oh. Uh-
0: we are such lucky people to have you on the firecracker oh, department Thank you so much. We really are. Aww.
1: So grateful
0: to see. You. I mean, we've got fun things coming up. We're going to, I'm going to pass over the podcast to you at some point. So that's coming up. Ooh. I'm so jazzed about that. I, you're, lo- you're such a person of action that I know as soon as you joined, you're like, okay, here are the things that are going to, that, that I like to do. And I was like, yes, I love a person that comes with a to-do <laughs> list. It's so exciting.
1: Yeah. I'm also Aries you know, for those who follow astrology, okay. Aries, so Aries and several okay. planets. So, you know, that's a very action oriented sort of side. I tend to work with a lot of Aries too. So we have to be like, we're getting stuff done, but also what are we doing again? You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm, I'm Pisces. So I know that we're sensitive. So we're actually oh, yeah, like but very
1: sensitive. Yes. Oh yeah. I have some, I have some Pisces friends too. One of my closest friends in high school is Pisces. I see that. Yeah very caring, mm-hmm. but also action oriented. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know, it's like, you want to get yeah. stuff done, but you care about people. It's nice. It's a very good combination. Love Pisces.
0: Okay, good. Oh, I want to hang out and I want to like, I want like it's six 30 right now. And I'll be like, you know what here, just, you keep talking. I'm going to make some dinner for us. And then we're going to talk until midnight and I'm going to just like, here, just just call your partner, just come over and, and hang out and I'll make you breakfast in the morning. Totally. And suddenly like? we'll come. be roommates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally
0: yeah thank you so much
1: Ah, <laughs> thank
0: you i love speaking with you i think you're just making the world a better place and you're certainly making my world better
1: oh thank you that is so kind
0: thank you okay you can also follow sedna on twitter and instagram at b wheels heels the letter b then the words wheels heels you get it b wheels heels easy Sedna's artist page on Facebook is listed under their name, and you can also find their links in our show notes, of course. And stay tuned to our newsletter and social feeds for updates on more core Firecracker podcasts, new guests, and episodes, plus the return of in-person interviews. What? Yes! From this year. Yeah, so exciting. I can't wait to share them all with you. Till then, maybe give our interview with Natalie Young Lai a listen, get the full Super Z story, and let us know what stuck with you on social at Firecracker DEPT. And just let us know what stuck with you. Let us know what resonated for you in your heart, in your head. We always love to hear from you at Firecracker DEPT. And I'll see you here, same time, same place, next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at Wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and Wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney like Australia, Nielsen like milk. You can follow me on social media at my last name at Sneekus, S-N-I-E-C-K-U-S. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advance updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first time or a long time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you, we mean it. We really do, and we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps, or it piques your curiosity, or makes you wanna stop and write something down, send it back to us, or our firecracker guest, or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it, because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, That might spark somebody else's creativity, so pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there, and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.